0: It's time for the best coverage of the top stories in sports. The Sports Wrap with Jason Page starts now. Good to have you with us on this Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. Final full show of the week. We'll be off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for the Turkey Day holiday. Back on Monday. Uh, We will put out a special edition of Page versus the Prince. Uh, We'll put that out tomorrow night so we have our picks out there uh, for Thanksgiving, Black Friday, uh, Week 12 in the NFL, and then we'll be back on Monday, obviously, to recap how all of that works out. Speaking of Week 11, though, um, what a matchup last night between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Everything we thought it would be. um, A close game a thrilling finish, a dropped pass, which if you're watching us on the VODcast, you could see it. Oh, Valdez Scantling. Oh, he's going to be seeing that one in his sleep. The the look on the fans' faces was just priceless. I was at bowling because I bowl on Mondays and Tuesdays as I've chronicled very much on this show. And uh, I actually saw it live when it happened, and my heart just sank. And if you're a Chiefs fan, your heart just sinks. And yes, the Eagles win this game. But it does lead to, I think, a fair question. Were they the better team? I mean, if these two teams played 10 times, do the Chiefs win seven of them? I'm trying to figure out sort of, you know, as I watched what I could of the game, and then watch the highlights, and you look into the numbers and try and figure it all out. I mean... If these two teams were to meet in the Super Bowl, I think the Chiefs win. I really do. Because we keep saying, well, the Eagles aren't playing their best football yet. Well, we're 11 weeks into the season, Sam Yarnell. We're 11 weeks into the season, and they're not playing their best football. Well, if that's the case, are they ever going to really play their best football? This sort of is what the Eagles are. And they won the game last night. And, you know, they can celebrate all they want at the end of the game. But the fact of the matter is, if not for Scantling dropping that pass, they probably lose last night.
1: That's true, but first of all yet another ugly primetime game just an absolute throw-up football game you're such
0: a debbie downer my god you are a debbie downer i'm not it's it's the reality every game to be a banger you you want every game to be a
1: banger i would like i would like each team to score in each half i don't (laughs) think that that's too much to ask i really don't it's not very much to ask speaking of scoring in each half my gosh, the Kansas City Chiefs have proven themselves beatable by just about anyone. The Eagles, by the way, like are 9-1. Beatable, Their though. only loss has come to a Jets team that did not deserve to beat them. But now we're at three weeks in a row. One of those weeks, let's not forget, was against the Denver Broncos. Uh, three weeks in a row, the Kansas City Chiefs have not scored a point, let alone a touchdown, a point. In the second half of games, this team has lost their ability to make adjustments at halftime, or maybe there's just some league wide knowledge now amongst defensive coordinators that these are the adjustments the Chiefs make and they make the same ones every game. I don't know what it is. I'm not in those meeting rooms, but if I were, I'd be saying, guys, we got to change something because last night the Kansas City Chiefs proved themselves as very beatable. And quite frankly, if they met the Baltimore Ravens tomorrow, I'm Handicapping that game as Baltimore minus one and a half on a neutral site, if Baltimore's at home, it's probably Baltimore minus three and a half. I, I just don't see this Kansas City team be. And, and don't get me wrong, the wide receiving core is another issue, big time. And it's, uh, something that has to be addressed in the front office in Kansas City. Right? We knew that this was going to be the issue for this team coming into the season. They chose not to do anything about it. Instead, selling the the fan base on guys like Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony, and then trading for Mikal Hardman who they still haven't used in any meaningful role and mvs somehow coming in out of green bay where he was doing nothing with a guy who's more proven than patrick mahomes in his career in aaron Rodgers. i just don't see how you know the the Chiefs came into this season expecting anything else. We kind of knew it as outsiders that this was going to be the glaring weakness. It's proven itself, and the defense hasn't been able to keep up. They looked great at the beginning of the season. They've proven themselves beatable in this second half of the first two thirds of the season. I
0: think everybody's beatable, Sam. I, I really do. I don't think I don't think there's anybody that's inevitable. It would not shock me. It would not shock me. If there is a single team, I it, it, if you told me that the Eagles lose their first playoff game, wouldn't shock me. If you told me the Chiefs would lose their first playoff game, it wouldn't shock me. I think you could have, and, and I remember talking about this, I had been three or four weeks ago on the show. I said it wouldn't shock me if you had like a Jacksonville-Detroit Super Bowl. Not because I think Jacksonville's yeah. great or Detroit's, because I think, and I know we try to say this every year, I think this year, more than any, it is completely unpredictable. Just get in. Just figure out a way to get into the postseason and hope you get hot. Because I think all of these teams are flawed. I really do. I I don't think any of these teams are inevitable at this point. I think all of these teams are flawed. And last night, the matchup between arguably the two best teams in football, I think, illustrated the fact that all of these teams are flawed.
1: I agree with you. I think with that example that you gave with the Chiefs or Eagles losing their first round games, you know, you got to get into the little, the nitty gritty of the AFC versus the NFC at that point. At the end of the day, if the Eagles lost in the first round, I think I would be shocked just because of how bad all of the wildcard teams in the NFC are and the Eagles are going to pretty much lock up or their first playoff game because they're going to lock up the one seed. On the other side in the AFC... I'm totally with it. like, I think it's a good time to put, and I may sound like a Homer saying this. If the bills win their game against the Eagles this week, I agree with you. It's a good time to put super bowl money on the Buffalo bills. Cause mm. they are turning things around at the right time in a conference mm. that is wide open. Our, our ticket from three weeks ago on the Baltimore Ravens to win the AFC at six to one looking great right now. This, this conference as a whole is completely wide open. But let's not forget, there are still the dogs at the top. When you look at the top of both of these conferences, NFC Eagles, Niners, maybe throw the Cowboys in there. That's pretty much it. I think when it all comes down to it, we're going to see some denomination of those three teams in the NFC Championship. When you get to the AFC, Ravens, Chiefs, Bills. Bills are going to make the playoffs.
0: The Bills are going to make the playoffs.
1: I don't want to go that far, but if they do, I I think that the Bills, if they make the playoffs because it will have meant that they will have had to have done something, that was a lot of tenses I just used in that sentence. (laughs) In the hypothetical, though, if the Bills make the playoffs, they'll be poised to make a run because they will have turned their season around at the right time and gotten ready. When you look at the Chiefs, kind of makes you nervous are they losing it at the wrong time that's the last team you want to bet on is the team that's cold going into the playoffs i don't care if it's the chiefs if the eagles lose three games going into the playoffs i'm gonna lose all confidence in them it's very interesting and you know, I think this is a conversation that'll be great to revisit, like week fourteen, because then we'll kind of have the playoff situations in front of our faces. I'll give, you,
0: I'll give you another one that's interesting right now. You can get the Bills at plus four eighty right now to win the AFC East. I think I put that. I think I lay that money. I think I lay that money because they they that's still tough. have one more against, They still have one more against the Dolphins, which I got to be honest, based on what I saw in the first matchup. And based on what I've seen out of the Dolphins against good football teams this year, I might I might actually take Buffalo in that game. I might actually take Buffalo in that game. I think Buffalo is through the worst of it. I think they've gotten through the worst of this season. So if you take Buffalo at plus four eighty to win that division, I don't think that's a crazy bet with what, six games left in the season? I don't think I don't think that's a crazy bet. I, I think they're going to make the playoffs though, because I'm still not a believer in the Steelers at six and four. No, me either. Especially with the Canada news today, the
1: Steelers firing their offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Finally, thank God. Maybe, Finally. maybe Kenny Pickett will be able to do something because you go back and you watch the film with Matt. Like, what are these play designs? Thank God. I still, I'm with you. Don't think they turn it around enough to be a 10 win team which is kind of sort of what you're going to have to be to make the playoffs in the afc this year
0: yeah i would agree with that then we look at the nfc and sort of the bottom you know and and what the the eagles could wind up facing there you have the vikings right now as the final wild card team uh along with seattle and the cowboys those are your three wild card teams right now nothing tells me um that that's going to change in terms of the cowboys seahawks and vikings Eh, not 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 necessarily certain but then again Who's gonna Who's gonna jump up? It almost has to be the Seahawks and the Vikings. I mean, right. the Packers are four and six. That is just one loss behind the Vikings. If you want to make an argument for anybody, it's the Packers, and there isn't anything I've seen from the Packers that leads me to believe that's a playoff team right now. So it almost feels like the sixteen, uh, the seven teams that are ticketed for the playoffs in the NFC as of right now after Week Eleven are going to be the teams we see in the playoffs after the final week of the season. Because I don't see the Packers. I don't see the Rams. I don't see the Falcons. I don't see the Buccaneers. The only slippage there might be the Vikings if you believe that, you know, Josh Dobbs isn't going to be the answer and there's going to be some regression there. And that opens up a possibility for one other team. Whereas the AFC, there's still a lot of possibilities there. The Bengals, the Broncos, the Colts, the Bills, all with five losses, just a game behind Houston, the Steelers, when you talk about you know the loss column.
1: Jake Browning is not making the playoffs. Jake Browning
0: is not making the playoffs. I got to tell you something. I was impressed with Jake Browning.
1: I was too, and he looked good. But let's not forget, this is the National Football League, and with backup quarterbacks, we see it time and time again. When they get thrown in, they do fine, because the defense doesn't know what to expect. When you give a defense a week of preparation to go back and read the book on this guy, he's done.
0: There's no chance. If the Chiefs and Eagles played in the Super Bowl tomorrow on a neutral field, who wins? I think it's the Chiefs. I think it's the I still Eagles. I think it's the I, I do.
1: I think it's the Eagles. At the end of the day, what it comes down to, to me, is the explosiveness of the Eagles' offense, and their weapons are explosive in three phases. Uh, Jalen Hurts can get it done with his arm and with his legs. This is a guy who not only can run for a 15-yard first down, he can also throw a 65-yard bomb at the drop of a hat. DeAndre Swift has somehow reinvented himself from a not- not bad running back into a star running back late in his career in Philadelphia, and he's proven to be not only a pass catcher, but elusive out of the backfield. And then obviously, is there a better wide receiver tandem in the NFL than AJ Brown and Devontae Smith? Sam. You mix Dallas Goddard back into that. They didn't even have Dallas Goddard last night. You get Goddard back into that mix. It's tough to compete Sam. with the Philly offense. Sam.
0: They had 238 yards of total offense. It's hard to sell me on the idea of this vaunted Philly offense. They had 238 yards of total offense last night. You can't sell me the day after they have 238 yards of total offense. They were outgained by 100 yards. I can't. I just can't. I'm, I'm just not sold. You know, Hertz fourteen of twenty two for one fifty, pedestrian at best. Yeesh, he had so a he threw fewer
1: interceptions system. than Patrick Mahomes though.
0: Oh man, what is he? For or did the they season? throw the same amount? Uh, I think they both had a pick, fifteen and nine for the. By the way, Hertz for the season, fifteen and nine, through ten games. Yeesh.
1: Eesh. I believe that's more touchdowns. Yeah, that's more touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes, and the same amount of interceptions as Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah, look, I, I'm not arguing with you that Mahomes is having some fantastic season. I'm, I'm not. You're not going to see. You're not going to see me sitting here saying that. But
1: I think it starts and ends with the quarterback when you talk about those big kinds of games. And Patrick Mahomes isn't having the kind of season where he can get it done. He this He
0: made the. play. Again, it's the same thing like we talked about with Justin Herbert yesterday. He made the big throw at the right time. I mean, he you can't do it. You can't do more than that. All you can do is put it in the guys' hands. If they drop it, I mean there's just nothing else you can do. Even, you know, say what you want about the statistics for both the quarterbacks in that game. When it mattered most, Patrick Mahomes put the ball where he was supposed to. Scantling dropped it. I mean, you can't do more than that. I can't blame Patrick Mahomes when he put the ball in the right spot.
1: I'm so glad you brought up the Quentin Johnston drop from Sunday. Because I actually, after the show yesterday, when we were talking about it, was thinking to myself, and I was like, am I misremembering something? So I went back and I watched the play. Mm Mm-hmm. And Quentin Johnston, famously, I believe, had the longest or second-longest wingspan in this wide receiver class Mm in 2023. And that ball barely scrapes his fingertips with his completely outstretched arms full stride. We can talk as much as we want about, yeah, the receiver should have made the play. If the quarterback drops it in the bucket like he is supposed to, like they are paid the most of any position and millions and millions of dollars too, not a question at the end of the day, it's as much the fault of the wide receiver who let the ball hit off of their hands as it is the quarterback for throwing the ball to a point where it wasn't easy for them to catch it. Uh, same thing on that Valdez scaling catch yesterday. Like, I totally, in the moment, I was right there with Chiefs fans. I was, why is this guy even on the field? Cut this guy tomorrow, even in the post game. And then I went back at, like. He's
0: had a lot of drops this year.
1: 2 o'clock in the morning. That's another story. But you look at the throw, and it's not the best throw. He's like, upright.
0: It's right in his hands. I'm looking at it. These guys are it.
1: making average throws and they're not You're above nuts. average they're not good they're not great they're making average throws and the receivers aren't making <laughs> catches now You're the nuts. the the question that needs to be asked is what is the expectation at the nfl level and i think that's a fair one and if these guys you know if that's not living up to the expectation of quentin johnston's season outside of that one play hasn't lived up to expectation I don't know what to tell you. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, another story. Very expendable asset, especially in the worst wide receiving room in the NFL right now. I think it's probably pretty fair. to Maybe the Patriots are worse, but I, I like DeMario Douglas. I'm a DeMario Douglas fan. I would say the Chiefs had the worst wide receiver room in the NFL right
0: now. Uh, all right. What I want to do is I want to address something that most people weren't privy to, or none of you would have been privy to last night. Uh, Sam and I had an interesting text exchange uh, that I'm going to bring into the light. Uh, Something he sent me last night that I vehemently disagree with. uh, That we'll get into coming up in a couple minutes. Plus, Tom Brady is talking. It talks. It talks. What did he say to Stephen A. Smith? Find out next on the Sports Wrap. On this Tuesday edition of the show. Final full show of the week. Off for the holiday. Beginning on Wednesday. But there will be a special release of Page versus the Prince. Our week 12 NFL picks for Thanksgiving. Black Friday. And then the Sunday slate of games. So uh, we will have that coming out on Wednesday night. So you'll have it uh, for your Thanksgiving Day morning drive. Uh, if you're headed off somewhere, we'll have a special edition of Page versus the Prince for the holidays. Because there's no place like home for the holidays. Um, so anyway, Sam Sam and I had an interesting exchange last night. I'm glad we didn't expand on it too much in over text because I always say... Never do the show in the green room. And last night we almost did the show uh, in the green room, so to speak. Um, he took umbrage with a play uh, late in that Chiefs game with the Eagles. And so so I don't want to put words in his mouth. I want to let him kind of explain where he was coming from um, when we were having this conversation last night. So go ahead, Sam, and, and then we'll we'll go back and forth on it.
1: Yeah, I don't remember exactly when it was. It was it was second half. I want to say it was late third, early fourth quarter, kind of, sorta. Um,
0: I thought you were talking the- about the Fletcher Cox play on the last drive because that was another one. Because you it, sent may, it to me right after it. that, it was where Fletcher Cox hit Patrick Mahomes, right? And it was a it was so a fifteen was, yarder, roughing the passer.
1: Right. So it was late okay. in the fourth quarter. It was Fletcher Cox, right? Because that's why I was surprised by it, because we had a veteran getting penalized for this. So my thing is this, right? You go back, you look at the play. Patrick Mahomes drops back. I think it was a three-step drop. He steps up in the pocket. Then he takes off for about two steps, two steps into running when he's maybe six inches behind the center's butt, uh, very front of the pocket. He pulls up and does a Tim Tebow college-style jump pass, Mm -hmm. uh, complete for... 11 yards, add 15 onto the end of it. It's a 26 yard gain. There's a quarter of the field taken away on one play. My problem is this. And I say this, I said this to Jason last night. I say this as a Bills fan, as a Josh Allen lover, and Josh Allen may be the most guilty party in the league since Tom Brady for getting these calls called against other teams when they are playing quarterback. When these quarterbacks establish themselves as runners, like Mahomes did last night, like we see so many quarterbacks in the modern era do, when they establish themselves as a runner and start to leave the pocket, There needs to be a rule change about how they can be hit, because asking defensive linemen who are just disengaging from other 350-pound human beings not to use their momentum and hit this player who is actively running and trying to gain a first down, having them hit that player less hard is going to not only hinder defensive ability, it's going to lead to injuries on the defensive side of the ball because you're going to get guys playing at not 100%. And when I played football, that's all we were ever taught. You got to play 100% all the time. If you don't, the second you stop playing 100%, that's when you get hurt. So asking these huge, man-moving human beings to just completely stop their momentum or whatever the NFL expects them to do at this point, pirouette around the quarterback, is unrealistic it's just the nfl has made the rules so that they are inclined to call penalties yes, rather than forced have. to call they penalties yes yeah and i think that it's leading you know it's something i talk about on the show all the time it's it's part of the horrible product that the nfl is putting
0: out on the field
1: tom brady let me tell talked you something on the hold Stephen on a. Smith uh, well, we'll get to, okay. we'll get
0: we'll get to tom we'll get to tom brady in a second you have a choice you can have, and I, I pointed this out to you last night, you can have a league where all the mobile quarterbacks, which is what everybody wants these days, where all the mobile quarterbacks that run around the pockets, make plays with their legs, extend plays with their legs. You could have a league where all those guys are constantly injured, but hey, Fletcher Cox will be on the field. There ain't nobody paying $125 to go to an NFL game to see Fletcher Cox. That's the problem. This, this is never going to change this shift towards protecting offensive players at the expense of defensive players is never going to change. And you can talk about the product all you want. The product's going to look a hell of a lot worse if Patrick Mahomes is getting blown up running around the pocket or Lamar Jackson's getting blown up running around the pocket extending plays with his legs. It's not a good business model either way for the NFL to have these guys missing significant periods of time. Look, the product's been really hard to watch this year. As opposed to other years, there's been there. You know, the NFL always has its moments and a game or two every week that that leaves us going wow. But the product as a whole has not been nearly as good this season as it has been in past years. And why? Because half the league's quarterbacks are either injured or being replaced. I mean, it, it is the year of the defense in the NFL. So to argue that you know the call against Flet- against Fletcher Cox yesterday, um. Somehow is you know is is wrong. I thought he had time to pull up. Honestly, looking back at the play, but I'm also looking at it in slow motion. We're not looking at it in real time. You know, we're not in that situation. I don't think it was a dirty play by Fletcher Cox by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, defensive players in this league they know the score by now. You've got you've got you know you've got you've got a, a spot from here down to to go and hit somebody. But no nobody, nobody's going to an NFL game to see a 17-6 final. You know, so, so to me, I, I think the league's in a no-win situation. If you say, well, let's open it up for defensive players to blast these guys running around the pocket. Let's open it up for them. Because if you do that, you're going to be missing all the best quarterbacks in the league. They're all going to be out.
1: But I so I, you're not because you like you say to me all the time, like you said to me at the beginning of the season with the two a thing, you cannot assume or predict injuries by any stretch of the imagination. And quite frankly, there's empirical evidence against that being the case. Look, 10 years ago, Michael Vick never had significant injuries. Colin Kaepernick never had significant injuries and had to miss significant time. I think he did have a significant injury.
0: Vick did have a significant injury when Atlanta, I think he missed an entire season once.
1: Right. Tom Brady missed one season in his career. So comp- so same as Mike Vick, right? Aaron Rodgers, same thing. This is the first time Aaron Rodgers is missing an entire season in his career. I think this is the first time he's playing less than eight games in a season or something. The injuries are not... That's just... An easy out. It's it's a it's not a real answer to say oh yeah you can't do this because hypothetically they'd all get injured. We saw the game played under different rules, and this quite frankly, ten years ago, we didn't have the injury situation we have today. Into I haven't gone back and looked at the numbers, yeah, but it'd be an interesting case study to see what starting quarterbacks were injured in 2013 as opposed to what starting quarterbacks are injured in 2023. And I promise you that we'll be looking at different echelons i also think that injuries even if under the predication that they would happen more frequently would make up a small part of a much more exciting game and talking about backup quarterbacks the level of backup quarterback play over the last three years alone has changed dramatically right three years ago You had guys like Matt Barkley, former Heisman winner fighting for a job as a backup. Now you've got guys like PJ Walker and Dorian Thompson Robinson fighting for the job as a backup. It's just the evolution of the game is something that seems to have gotten away from the control of the league. And I think that's more what my point is in all of this. Sure. Quarterback hits are just a small part of it, but the game is evolving to a point where the league can't control it anymore, and it's leading to this terrible product that they're putting on the field. Yeah,
0: look, I mean, I, I I am as I am as nuts and can't stand the amount of penalties um, that we see. Matter of fact, I had actually planned a segment out yesterday, which I which I decided not to do, and I'll, I'll probably bring it up in in future weeks where I, I want I actually started to go through and look at the penalty numbers. And the percentage of plays in an NFL game that have penalties called—it's staggering. Um, my God, I, sure. I think it—I think it was the Seattle Los Angeles game uh, on Sunday where it felt like literally every single play of the game had a penalty. Every big play in the game had a penalty, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's hard to watch yet people still watch it every week to the tune of of huge ratings numbers. And as long as... And and here's the other thing I'll throw in on this, and then we'll, we'll listen to what Tom Brady had to say. If fans keep watching it, if fans keep going to the games, if fans keep watching it on TV and the numbers stay the same, nothing's going to change. There will be no change. The only thing, the only impetus for change is if the league is losing money and the league's not losing money because fans are still watching it in huge numbers. Tom Brady yesterday on the Stephen A. Smith show, uh, his podcast that he does. um, Take a listen to what Tom Brady said about the current NFL product. Take a listen.
2: I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. Yeah. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And ho- Why not? I think the coaching isn't as as good as it was i don't think the development of young players is as good as it was the rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game Mm -hmm. so i just think the product in my opinion is less than what it's been i think i look at a lot of players like ray lewis and rodney harrison and ronnie lott and guys that impacted the game in in a certain way and every hit they would have made would have been a penalty Mm. your coach is complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to the defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect himself. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player.
0: Uh, so, I mean, and look, Tom Brady is echoing a lot of what you're saying um, with those comments. You know, just basically saying, hey, it's not up to a defensive player to protect an offensive player. The league, though, in its infinite wisdom, has decided that it is up to the defensive player to protect the offensive player. And whether anybody likes it or not, whether you and I don't, I, I don't like it, but there have, again... The player safety issue is so huge now. The league didn't have a choice. It had to find a way to try and curb in their mind the litany of injuries that we were seeing to players whether it was head injuries, all these other things. And I've said it before, instead of a bunch of guys walking around with scrambled brains, they're now going to have a bunch of guys walking around as cripples because instead of hitting guys in the head, you're going to hit defensive player defenseless players in the legs and you're going to wind up with a bunch of walking, you know, a bunch of cripples walking around at 40 who played in the NFL. It is it is an inherently dangerous game. And there is going to always be the risk of injury when you have guys as large, physical, um, fast as these players are running around the field making hits. It, it's just an inherently dangerous game. No matter what they do to try and make it safe. And in this case, they've made the choice to protect the quarterback. There's no unraveling that. That's never going to go back. They're never going to take away those protections for quarterbacks after giving them to them. It's not going to happen.
1: I just went back during that Roger or during the Tom Brady. By the way, only time Tom Brady and I will ever agree on anything. <laughs> only time ever. Uh, your major quarterback injuries in the 2013 NFL season. These are quarterbacks who missed significant time six weeks or more of the season. Aaron Rodgers. The one the one year that he was actually injured in Green Bay, the year he broke his collarbone, 2013, 10 years ago, that was your significant quarterback injury. Other ones included Jake Locker, Jake Locker. Sam Bradford, and Mark Sanchez. I just don't see it. I just I don't see how the game has evolved to a better place. I, I don't. And, and I think that if you threw Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, And who are the – maybe healthy Burrow. It'll be interesting to see how he comes back. And maybe Herbert on a Justin Herbert really, really good day. Um, If you threw all those guys in 2013, I guarantee you they're going to be way more explosive than they are today. And also you're talking about these injuries, right? None of them are ligament uh or leg ligament injuries or concussions. Rodgers broke his collarbone, Locker had a shoulder thing, uh Sanchez broke his shoulder in the preseason. I take that back. Sam Bradford did blow out his knee. So one of the four was a major ligament injury, which is what the NFL claims they're trying to protect. Concussions and major ligament injuries. And what are they protecting? absolutely nothing besides us having fun
0: again if you allow quarterbacks if you want to treat quarterbacks like wide receivers and running backs while they are still technically passers with the speed and ferocity with which this game is played now forget it you won't have any quarterbacks left sam i promise you you won't have you won't have any quarterbacks left you just won't i just i just the league's never going back. And, again, I don't. if you want to have a conversation about the number of penalty flags that are thrown, um, you know, questionable calls, 50-50 calls, I'll have that conversation all day. But I don't want to watch a bunch of backup quarterbacks, um, you know, playing in this league, the Jake Brownings of the world. No offense to Jake Browning. I don't want to watch a bunch of Jake Brownings and Tim Boyles and Zach Wilsons and Tommy DeVitos, all these different guys. I don't want to watch it. I don't, I just don't want to watch it. You know, I watch. I watch. Geno Smith got blown up on a play on uh, on Sunday, and wound up injuring his his arm. Um, you know, Sam Bradford got blown up on a play on Sunday that I watched. You know, it's not just, and it's not just the the hits that knock guys out. It's the hits that sometimes don't knock guys out, but are part of the cumulative effect of eventually knocking guys out that also has to be taken into consideration. You're just talking about one hit that takes a guy out of a game. Well, you're not talking about the three, four, five, six hits that some of these guys are taking. And if you turn quarterbacks and just say, let the dogs loose on them, um, it's not just the one hit that knocks somebody out of the game. It's the four, five, six hits that are going to injure that quarterback that by week 10, week 11, week 12, you're not going to have any quarterbacks left. You're just not you're just not gonna have any quarterbacks left. I just so I, I think it's a big problem. Look, I don't think here here here's something we could probably agree on. At least I think we should be able to agree on. I don't think there's a good answer. I don't I don't think there so, is a I don't think there I don't think there's a correct answer to it that's gonna satisfy all sides. That's, there's that's a part that
1: we're not discussing. Sure. there's a part that we're not and and I think it it impacts this conversation from multiple angles and that is offensive line play oh. and the quality of offensive oh. line play over Ish. the last half decade alone right because and getting into the business side of things in football uh, they look at offensive linemen so replaceably now. Because if an offensive lineman can't do his job, oh, we've got a 25% chance that this referee is going to call roughing the passer on the defensive lineman tackling the quarterback anyway. So it doesn't matter. We just need a guy who can decently run block. And even then, we get so many penalties when run blocking that probably won't matter. We'll just have to throw the ball. So... The offensive line play is also something that's going to be drastically affected by and you think about off the state of offensive lines today in the NFL. You have like your top six offensive linemen that I can pick out off the top of my head kinda uh and everybody else, right? There's it's like there's not a ton of great offensive line talent in the NFL and that's probably also something that leads to these to these wild uh amounts of penalties that we're seeing and and teams just figure they're replaceable we don't have to pay big money for an offensive lineman because there are so many flags called against offensive linemen and also against people who go head to head with offensive linemen that it just negates itself it doesn't really matter
0: uh sam yarnell ladies and gentlemen find him on x formerly known as twitter at sam su- underscore uh yarnell If you're looking for them over there, Uh, Sam. We'll see you on Wednesday for Page versus the Prince. Uh, Have yourself a great day, my friend. Thank you,
1: Jason. Hopefully, I'll go find some winners before tomorrow. Mm,
0: Winners, winners. We're coming back. More to do on this edition of the Sports Wrap on this Tuesday. Don't go anywhere. right, that's just about going to wrap things up for this Tuesday edition of the show. Again, a reminder, we are off on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week from the full show. However, on Wednesday night, make sure to uh, download the podcast slash vodcast uh, if you're not already subscribed because we will have a special edition of Pages Picks for the uh, NFL Thanksgiving Day games, also for the Black Friday NFL extravaganza, and the rest of Week 12 as well. So make sure uh, to check out, we'll have the podcast tomorrow night, a special edition of Page versus the Prince just for you guys. All right, wrap it up with some odds and ends. The Padres have a new manager. It's Mike Schilt, the former Cardinals skipper, comes over to manage uh, the Padres. Bob Melvin... Uh, notably left the Padres to go and take over as the manager in the same division uh, with the San Francisco Giants. So that is one thing to know. You may have heard Sam Yarnell mention it, but it also deserves mentioning, again, big news today, uh, the Steelers 6-4 and four on the year. They are right now the final wildcard team in the AFC. They fire their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Now, you got to keep in mind, even though they're 6-4, and four, they've been one of the worst offensive teams in the league. I think they've been outgained in terms of total yards every single game this year. Uh, so not a big surprise that Matt Canada is gone. It's something the fan base has certainly been calling for uh, for several weeks. Uh, that's just going to about do it for us we're done on this uh tuesday edition of the show we'll be back with you tomorrow a special edition of the sports wrap page versus the prince nfl thanksgiving day games the black friday games also um the sunday week 12 slate we'll get into as well maybe i'll even throw in a prediction for ohio state and michigan Hmm. you'll have to check that out as well we'll see you back here tomorrow if you don't see us then or hear us then have yourselves a great holiday we'll see you back here on Monday uh for all of the NFL action to recap from week 12 of course that Ohio State Michigan matchup and anything else that comes our way I'm Jason Page for Sam Yarnell thanks for checking out the sports wrap we'll see you tomorrow